everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen. I'm Ted Flint. You know, last week was a bad week for Joe Biden, but it was a great week for America. And that's the way it's been. When the administration fails, America remains freer, in my view. It was a tough week for the president. Thank God for that. Supreme Court blocked his COVID vaccine mandate for businesses with 100 or more employees. This was the law slated to be enforced by OSHA, but it's not happening. Ruling was six to three. And the message to Biden was as clear as day. You can't do it, Joe. It's unconstitutional. It's a federal power grab, you moron. They didn't say that. But they ruled that he can't do it. The ruling on the vaccine requirements was six to three. Justices, the usual suspects, Kagan, Sotomayor, and Stephen Breyer, all named by Democratic presidents. They dissented. But anyway, the uh, mandate which employers must enforce, that's how Biden put it. Of course, that's the operative word there, being enforce, applies to roughly 84 million workers, covering virtually all employers with at least 100 employees. It requires, or would have required, covered workers receive a COVID-19 vaccine, and it preempts contrary state laws. In other words, any state that disagreed with the federal mandate wouldn't have its own choice in the matter, would have to give in to federal law. There is, there is a Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and it gives states certain authority. It's a balance. Not, the federal government doesn't control the states, and the states aren't free to do what they choose. That's kind of a balancing act. And in this case, the high court ruled the states have the authority to not go along with Biden's mandate. But the justices also pointed out that the risk from the Wuhan flu exists outside the workplace, and therefore it limits OSHA's regulatory power. That's what progressives hate, any limits on government. I mean, COVID spreads everywhere. Spreads at Walmart, it spreads in schools, it spreads in homes, sporting events. I mean, wherever people gather. So why just focus on, on employers who hire more than 100 people? I mean, businesses are already having a tough enough time under this administration with all the mandates and all the rules and regulations. The high court did, however, uphold the HHS mandate for healthcare workers in a five to four decision, but most of the ruling was good for those who value individual liberty and freedom. So it was a bad week for the president, a great week for America, and hopefully uh, we, keep that, we keep that going in the, in the, <laughs> into the coming months and years, over the next three years anyway, if, if Biden makes it three years. You know, in his speech last week, which was just, it was abhorrent, his speech, I don't know where he gave the speech, but it was just so mean-spirited. He was shouting and angry and mumbling. I couldn't understand half of it. I don't think he could either. But he referred to 19 states that have enacted new election reforms in 2021 that generally expanded voter ID requirements for mail-in ballots. It curbed this controversial practice of ballot harvesting in which political operatives are allowed to collect and distribute large quantities of ballots like they did in November of 2020 in Wisconsin and other places. And it required states to remove the names of dead people and other ineligible voters from voter registration rolls. So far, so good. Who could be against those requirements? We want, to, uh, we want to restore voter integrity. Who could be against that? But Biden in his speech was saying these states are trying to suppress the vote and they're trying to deny black people the right to vote. You've got to be kidding me. So I did some digging on this and I came upon a, a piece written by John Lott, 
in Imprimis magazine, which is put out monthly by Hillsdale College, a great publication. And I'm looking at some of the, uh, the history of voting rights, and I go back to 2005, and Lott wrote this in his piece. The Carter-Baker Commission on Federal Election Reform issued a report that proposed a uniform system of requiring a photo ID in order to vote in U.S. elections. The report also found that widespread absentee voting makes vote fraud more likely. No kidding. We found that out last November, too. Voter files contain ineligible, duplicate, fictional, and deceased voters, a fact easily exploited during absentee ballots to commit fraud, as we witnessed in November of 2020. It's not going to happen in those states again in 2022 and 24. That's what Biden is so angry about. But anyway, this commission was formed by Jimmy Carter, the Carter-Baker Commission. Jimmy Carter is as liberal a Democrat as you'll find anywhere. God bless him. He's like 140, but he's still going. And he's like 96 or whatever he is. But Jimmy Carter and, and uh, James Baker III, who was uh, part of the first Bush administration. And they had all kinds of Democrats and Republicans on this, on this commission, totally bipartisan. They said you need the voter ID if you want to, a government-issued ID if you want to vote in U.S. elections. Democrats back then thought it was a good idea. Now Joe Biden's saying that in Philadelphia, he gave a speech recently saying Republicans are trying to deny the vote. And they're, they're trying to subvert the right to vote in fair and free elections. It's an assault on our democracy. How many times have you heard that in the last year or so? An assault on liberty, an assault on who we are, who we are as Americans. He's the one assaulting liberty, personal liberty. I never thought anybody who's been around politics for any length of time. I remember Biden from the 70s and the 80s, and he was never as radical as this administration. His administration is just totally off the charts radical, not liberal, not progressive. They're radicals. So he's got issues with these 19 states. In Georgia, I'll just go over some of this here. I think I got this from the Epic Times. In Georgia, in 2021, Georgia voting law is demonstrably less restrictive than voting laws in liberal states, such as New York, Colorado, New Jersey, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Rhode Island. They made some changes. Under Georgia law, like other state laws adopted last year, extends voter ID requirements to absentee ballots. And it goes on, it made some other changes. I don't want to bore you too much with this. But what happened in November 2020 can never, ever be allowed to happen again. That election was stolen from Donald Trump. It's not going to happen again. And if Trump is the nominee in 24, he will crush Biden if he's still around in 24. All right. Uh, and we certainly, Republicans will certainly take back the House. There's talk of picking up as many as 60 seats in the House, and they'll probably take back the Senate as well. The Biden administration has been a key element in all this fear-mongering over COVID. I'm going to read you a couple of numbers here, and I'll, I'll try not to bore you with this, but these are important numbers. The average infection fatality rate is 0.27%. And now with you have a less dangerous Omicron variant, the death rate is plummeting further. The vast majority of people out there have nothing to fear from COVID. If you get it, it's like a cold. Yes, some people can't taste or smell for a week or two or some in some cases longer. But most people, the survivability rate is over 99.3%. But the leftists are rallying around Biden's medical tyranny. They have these idiotic newspapers. The LA Times recently said we ought to ridicule people who are unvaccinated who pass away from COVID. Why would you do that? 
In the state of Massachusetts, here's some more numbers for you. The state of Massachusetts alone, there have been over 262,000 fully vaccinated people who still ended up infected with COVID. And 1,054 of them died. Fully vaccinated, died from COVID. Those are the numbers. You're not going to hear those numbers on CNN or MSNBC. I haven't heard them. Fully vaccinated people, over 1,000 dead from COVID. The infection fatality rate, 0.4%, is higher than the first number I gave you of the national average of 0.27. It's not a virus or a disease of the unvaccinated, as Biden has tried to tell us. And by the way, he's creating a database, his administration, I'm sure you've heard about this, creating a database of Americans who file a religious exemption to avoid getting the vaccine. You know, vaccines of this kind, usually they take anywhere from 10 to 15 years to be go through the tests and the trials and the FDA approval process, 10 to 15 years. This was done in a matter of months. Now I realize, and God bless Donald Trump for bringing the vaccines and getting the vac- vaccines to us in such short order. But I mean, they're virtually, they're experimental. And a lot of Americans, millions of them don't feel comfortable. So they shouldn't have to take them to be able to maintain their employment. It should not be a condition of employment. People need to make a living. And it should not be contingent of whether or not you get a vaccine. That's my, it should be a personal choice. But the progressives want to force you. They want to force you to do everything because they're all about force. They're against freedom of choice. What happened to my body, my choice? That's only applies to people women looking to uh, snuff out the lives inside them, innocent human life. That applies to only abortion. You know, a friend of mine, I, I, don't call him, I don't know him that well, but I've interviewed him a number of times, New York Times bestselling author David Horowitz. He's written over two dozen books. He's 81 years old, or maybe 82 by now, still prolific as a writer, has a new book out. He's the editor of Front Page Magazine. It's an online magazine. He also writes for Town Hall and a bunch of others. He put it so succinctly, and I guess he retweeted this quote recently. Inside every progressive is a totalitarian screaming to get out. And it's true. Absolutely true. Progressives are never happy, and they're worse when they're in power, as Rush Limbaugh pointed out one time. Here they are. They're in power in New York State. Angry as ever. Joe Biden, that speech he gave last week, just full of anger and spite. And he just condemned the American people, those of us who are, un- those of you who are unvaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I made the choice, the decision to protect my family. But if you don't want to make that choice, that's up to you. Anyway, there's another, I wouldn't call it a major newspaper, although World Net Daily in the headline, major U.S. newspaper insists on deploying National Guard to keep the unvaccinated at home. The editorial board of the Salt Lake Tribune is calling for the government to use the National Guard to make sure people who have not taken the experimental COVID-19 shots be kept at home. The editorial explained the newspaper's board's frustration. Oh, they're frustrated, these liberals on uh, on the newspaper board, that the government has not done more to force compliance with various shot recommendations. Well, we have freedoms in this country. We have a Bill of Rights. These communists who work on these editorial boards of newspapers don't get that. Anyway, I'll just read you the, uh, the quote from the editorial. We might have headed off Omicron with a herd immunity level of vaccinations, but that would have required a vaccination mandate. 
which our leaders refused. Instead, we get, no one could have seen this coming. That is patently untrue, the board says. We were told, they were told, what to do, they being the American people, and they refused. So we have to pay a price. The board continued, were Utah a truly civilized place, the governor's next move would be to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign uh, we should have launched a year ago, going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure that people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed, well, anywhere, unquote. This is unbelievable. Utah, by the way, is a red state, so the, the editorial board has an issue with a red state. Were we a truly civilized place, Utah? So maybe they're referring to just Utah, not the entire country. But they want the government to mandate these kinds of things. All right, we're out of time here already. And uh, I want, before we run, as I record this, it is Monday. It's Martin Luther King Day, and it's the holiday, and a lot of people were off from work today, myself included. My daughter, Isabel, she was invited to go to the local arts community. There was a documentary on Martin Luther King. They held it outdoors, these idiotic liberals. They're all masked up and everything. And my daughter, she's 15. She forgot her hat, had a light coat, and it wasn't freezing, but it was, you know, like 32 degrees, and they're outdoors with this thing. Who but an idiotic bunch of liberals would hold an event outdoors in January? I tell I, it's just it's unbelievable to me. But she was invited. She wanted to see her friends, and they they went, and they saw all the usual suspects there, the arts community people. And uh, anyway, it, uh, it's a personal thing. I didn't mean to let that spill into the show, but I, I was just, I was so ticked off that she would even forget her hat for one thing and then be made to stand outdoors in January. I said, honey, you should have called this and we would have come got you and gotten you out of there. Anyway, uh, NFL tonight, the uh, Arizona Cardinals are going to do battle with the LA Rams. It should be a good game. Uh, they're pretty evenly matched. I think the uh, I think the Cardinals, although they kind of backed into the playoffs, they had a, they had a great first half of the season. They kind of tailed off at the end. Uh, so they're playing tonight. The Packers are going to host uh, Arizona, or, uh, San Francisco next week at Lambeau. That should be a good one. And the winner plays the winner of the Tampa Bay, uh, whoever Tampa Bay plays. And I- I'm looking forward to Brady and, and Rodgers teeing it up again this year, hopefully with a different outcome. Because the Packers have to get over that hump. As a friend of mine said, it's a psychological hump. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, and I, I, it's not Brady against uh, Rodgers. It's the Tampa Bay against Green Bay. And Tampa Bay has a very good team. Good defense. Their lines are fantastic. Nobody ever touches Brady, although he got sacked a couple of times by Philadelphia, but they disposed of Philly easily. So it's going to be uh, interesting here the next couple of weeks. In the uh, AFC, it looks as though the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills are headed for the AFC title match. Um, You know, Buffalo has to win one more game. Kansas City cruised past uh, Pittsburgh. I forget what the final score was, 42 to 14 or 21. They crushed them. So the NFL, it gets it's really gets fun this time of year for football fans. I think a lot of these uh, quarterfinal games and the AFC and NFC title games many times are better than the Super Bowl. Super Bowl never lives up or very seldom lives up to its billing. So that's what's going on as we uh, record the show on a Monday night. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. We have so much fine programming on the BMG Network. We have this show, the Pac-Man Podcast with me, Ted Flint. We have the Ken Burns Show. We have... Uh, Adrian Ross does a fine program weekly for us. And my daughter, Madeline, has a show that she does maybe bi-weekly called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. Check that out. The BMGnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMG Network. 
Bitcoin.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.